Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Hey everybody, it's Hallie. And it's Allison. And we are back. <laughs> she got it. She got it out. She you landed guys, the right plane. on the first first try. Got my name right. <laughs> really. We didn't have to spend 45 minutes on uh, trying to come up with our nope. names this time. Nope. We're 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 professionals. We know what we're doing. Uh we are continuing our romantic themed Valentine's Day episodes. Uh so I hope you're enjoying. We're telling some dating horror stories to complement our uh romantic horror movies that we're doing all month. I have one that I think I would say is bone chilling. <laughs> oh, um, I want to protect the identities of everybody I talk about, but then also they're pieces of shit. So. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was like protected to what end? To you know what, what I mean? end? Like, Who cares? I should be blasting these people all day, every day for the things that they've done. Um, exactly. Don't worry, nothing like bad happens to me in this, except I do get super angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't wait. So, like, I don't have a ton of, like, dating. Like, I haven't been on a lot of, like, proper dates, but I've just, like, uh, casually slept with a lot of men who mm-hmm. refused to be with me. I wonder why. Um, no, I also don't want to be with them. But there was one in particular, this guy I had, like, kind of, like, casually, like, hooked up with and gone out with a few times. And he was in, he normally lived, like, very far away from me in New York, like, like an over an hour subway ride kind of thing. So he texted me one night at, like, 11 p.m. as I was getting into bed and he was like, hey, I'm in your neighborhood. Like, what are you doing right now? And I was like, I had just showered. I was totally sober. I was like taking kind of an easy night for me. And I was like climbing into bed and he was like, I'm in your neighborhood. Like, do you want to get a drink? And I was like, get a drink? Like, oh God, okay. I also hadn't had sex in a while, so I was like... I was like, this is a young woman's game. Because I feel like for me, if I was already in my pajamas, I'd be like... Again, nope. good luck to you in the world. I cannot yeah. get back outside. I like, I like waited for a while. I was like, all right, what do I like? How badly do I? And I was like, I don't know. There's kind of nothing going on in my life. Like, I could do it. How many nights am I out late? I kind of want him to just come over, but he was like, let's get a drink. And I was like, good God. All right. A, right, a tip of the hat at, yes, you know like, what I mean? yeah, it's like, let's get a drink. Okay, JK, come over. Like, and I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, come over. And he was like, no, meet me. And I was like, oh, Christ. Um, and so, like, <laughs> I'm sober. I get to this bar just across the street from my apartment, like very close. And uh, he's hammered. He's yelling about, uh, I like just complaining about people that I am friends with. And I was like, oh, great, Jesus. a great start. We have a beer. I'm like, tr- I'm like, should I just like rip two shots or something to like get to, <laughs> up to speed with this guy? It's like <laughs> 11.30 at two night. Two shots, thank you. Yeah, just two shots of whiskey and then also I'm going to go kill myself. Um, oh. And so we get back to my, we get to my apartment and like, we were like hooking up for a while and then like we had sex or whatever. And then he was like, afterwards, he was like, hey, do you want to watch TV? And I was like, watch oh my God. TV? What time is it? Is it it's like midnight? It's two in the morning. I Absolutely think. It's like, not. I was, I was so enraged and I was like, no, cause like he was like drunk. He was like, we're having a night. 
And I was like, oh no, no. I was literally like, I had a kombucha and was like getting into bed freshly showered. <laughs> I walked over to the bar in my pajamas and my hair was wet. Didn't you my notice? hair was wet. <laughs> and I so then it. like, he was like, I want to watch TV. And I was like, ugh. I was like, I think I have like one episode of Veep like in me physically. And I was like, right. fine, we can do that. And then he was like, are you hungry? I was like, hungry? Oh Why are you asking if I'm hungry? And he was like, I just ordered a pizza to come to your apartment at To order a pizza without at, mentioning it beforehand. At 2.30 in the morning. Hubris. I was like, I, I was like, I have food here. Do you want something? You could eat whatever's in my fridge. I don't give a shit anymore. I want you to go to sleep or preferably leave. Uh, but he ordered a pizza and we had to stay awake until this fucking pizza came, oh, which was no. after 3 a.m., and it came, Boom. and it was this giant greasy pepperoni pizza that I did not want. And he, like, <laughs> left it out. Then I didn't even realize it was just, like, out in my apartment. I finally was like, I'm going to bed now that the pizza has arrived. Like, good night. And then he eventually, like, came and, like, slept in my bed with me. And I woke up at 7.30 in the morning and, like, got up and stood over him. And I was like, get out. And he was like, huh? And I was like, take your pizza and get the fuck out of here. Oh, wow. <gasps> Ordering a pizza at... 2.30 in the morning without telling someone to their apartment is... Baffling. Just... Absolutely baffling. I, I think it's criminal. <laughs> I would have accepted the offer of eating your food, but I wouldn't have been able to order a pizza, you know? Order a pizza? I was just like, I don't understand. it. Anyway, it taught me to, like, not leave my house ever again. <laughs> and finally, my question to you is, did he actually take the pizza or did he leave it? Oh, he took it. I, like, okay. shoved it at him. I was like, you can take this, and you can leave and never come back. And he didn't. I never, he disappeared into, I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he died. Um, oh, no, boy. Alive. I will say that if the person's listening to this, I, I hope they learned a lesson. I don't think that men learn lessons. I'm sorry, men. I just haven't seen many of you grow. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say not all men. Some men can learn lessons. Not this guy, though. Yeah. So that is my uh, terrifying pizza ordeal. I'm so, I, I hope it didn't scare you more than the episode you're about to hear. Allison, my bones are freezing cold. Freezing. My Ice bones cold. have been chilled. Chilled. Chilled to it's the like they've bone. they've been packed in snow. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. At least I know my name now. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're, things are improving as we go along. We hope yes. you and your loved one enjoys uh, our, our episodes this month, especially the ones you're about to hear. Yeah. So enjoy. Goodbye. We love you. <laughs> Nailed it. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hi, guys. I'm Hallie Kiefer. I'm Allison Leiby. And this is Ruined, a podcast where we ruin a horror movie for you. How's yeah. it going, guys? I mean, I think it's great that we're doing this for people. I can't, I mean, the news is scarier than anything we're going to talk about. So that feels yeah, we, like we're doing a service. Yeah, exactly. We're the heroes. We are the heroes. We're kidding, of course. All the medical responders, the real heroes. Yes, and also we're grocery just, workers and, and pharmacists. But we yeah, are. Yeah, any essential workers. The people who work at my liquor store, thank yep, God. Are, yes. I mean, no one is doing more service for me than them. Um, uh, my goal is to spend as much money there as possible because they're so nice. At first, I was like, I'm barely spending any money. And I was like, oh, no, I'm spending tons of money. It's just on the same two things, which is food and booze. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to go after this and buy yeah, more gin. Too. 
I mean, no, we're staying in. But oh, gin is what I'm out of too. We're big gin fans. I mean, it's so great. get yourself some gin. Uh, the premise, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, is that I love horror movies. And I absolutely hate them, but always want to know what the twist is and like what happens at the end. So I make Hallie tell me the plots of all of the movies that she sees. Uh, it had a uh, theatrical premiere, but then the uh, quarantine uh, happened and uh, all the movie theaters shut down. <laughs> the Invisible Man. So I always like to take a baseline scary with Allison yeah. to say, what do you find, how scary do you find the general um, content or, or theme of the movie? Yes. So Allison, how scary do you find the concept of domestic abuse? Terrifying. It's like yeah. maybe the scary, I think like, and we've talked about other movies where like this, not domestic abuse specifically, but like this underlying theme of like people not trusting you mm-hmm. and not believing you um, right. is so scary because there's just nothing you can do. Like, not even like, I'm warning the town about a monster coming, but like, right. when you're like, this happened to me, and people are like, no, it didn't. And right, then yeah. you start to second guess, like, did it? And like, you get gaslit. That's exactly. so scary. That's like a terrifying, no other horror elements like are as bad. Like, that's way worse than so many of the other like tropes and, and themes that we've seen in some of the movies that we talk about. Yeah, and I definitely think, like, The Invisible Man, which you you saw in the trailer, you know, the idea of an invisible person is spooky. However, it's probably not real. The idea of somebody uh, psychologically terrorizing you, unfortunately, that happens a lot. Yeah. So uh, that is sort of what this movie is playing with um, through Elizabeth Moss, who is a great actress. A great, I mean, no one, I I think that she's one of the best actresses of our generation. I think she is absolutely incredible in The Handmaid's Tale. She was great in Mad Men. And I saw the movie that she did with Mark Duplass. Oh, I didn't see that one. And it like, it borders on, like it's not a scary movie, but it borders on like supernatural stuff being kind of like spooky scary. Mm -hmm. But like, it's not inherently what the movie is genre wise. And she's great. I love her. Um, what did, I was looking at the name of that movie um, because I keep seeing it and keep meaning. I'm going to watch it. The one I love. The one I love. Yeah, you should watch it. Then we can All discuss right, it off the podcast. Um, so we're so we're about to get into it. Uh, Allison, do you have any predictions about will there be a twist? And if so, what what do you think it will be? I think there's definitely a twist. I want to like maybe say that he never died. Because like, okay. isn't the movie that he died and is like haunting her from beyond yes. and no one believes like I just I the premise is in the preview. Right. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say maybe he never died. Mm-hmm, great. That's my that's my twist prediction. Love it. Okay. okay. Everyone else keep your little twist predictions in your head. We'll see if they come true. So this is of course the invisible man directed and written by Lee Wannell. Is that a man or a woman? It is a man. No. And if I mispronounce the name, I I maybe it's Winnell. You can't. You can't ask us to do everything. Lee Winnell. I certainly not pronounce things correctly. <laughs> nope. Okay, we open on uh, Cecilia, who is played by uh, Elizabeth Moss, and pretty much everyone in the movie calls her C, but C- Cecilia C. She's uh, getting up in the middle of the night, and she's fleeing the home that she shares with her boyfriend, Adrian. Um, and she's sneaking out, and we see that she has drugged him, his drink, with diazepam, which is essentially Valium. Yes. So uh, he's knocked out. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's great. Well, hopefully you didn't grind it up and uh, put it in anyone's <laughs> I, drink. I also took the recommended dosage, so. <laughs> great. Uh, so she's, he is out, and uh, she has uh, their security camera um, on her phone. Like, she's monitoring him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically the idea is, like, he lives in this very, like, Elon Musk glass and chrome, yes. um, a beautiful home, but very like sterile and creepy um, in the Bay Area. 
and um, she is sneaking out, and the uh, everything is monitored. You know, there's okay. cameras in yeah. every room. It's a smart house. It's a smart house. And obviously the analogy you're supposed to think is he's constantly watching her. Uh, as we find out very soon, he is a, in a, he is, they're in a domestically abusive relationship where he is uh, controlling pretty much every part of her life. And uh, as she's leaving, she has a to-go bag, which she's already packed. She's sneaking, she changes out of her nightgown. And there's a lot of, like, the, the movie is filled with a lot of, like, really interesting shots that uh, require you to sort of sp- uh, scan the entire frame. And, okay. Which I love in any yeah. movie. Uh, it makes me think of Hereditary, where we're sort of shooting wide shots where it's like, oh, is somebody coming down the hallway? Is somebody right. stepping out in the hallway? Is there someone coming down the stairs? You can't tell. Your brain is sort of scanning and is engaged with it, which I think is fun. I do really like that. Um, so we see this long shot of the hallway. There's nobody there. She uh. gets out. She shuts off all the security cameras except for the one that's in the, his bedroom that she has on her phone. Uh-huh. She is, she goes through his lab in the basement, and you find out that he's essentially like a tech mogul in optics. Ugh. So he's got a whole lab that's set up in his basement. That's already scary. I know. And she looks, and she looks down this hallway, and we see this sort of frame that's shaped like a human figure, um, but there's nothing inside of it. But obviously, that's our first nod to he was working on something. What was it? And I'm okay. going to say now, people, if your partner is performing science experiments in the basement, no. you are allowed to see what they are. You yes. owe it to yourself to know what they are. 100%. If it's happening in your house, you get to know what's going on. Whether you're married to Oliver Jackson Cohen, who it plays uh, Adrian, her boyfriend, okay. and he's from The Haunting of Hill House, and he's great, or you're married to John Wayne Gacy, if there is a room, a basement, a, a, you know, a shed. An annex, a backyard, uh, yeah. Anything. Anywhere that you're not allowed into, that's a deal breaker, ladies. Yeah, okay? you can, yeah, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> Get out of that house. Um, oh, at a certain point, she kicks the dog's bowl and it clatters, but she looks and he's and Adrian's still asleep. Okay. So finally, she gets out. She's going through the garage, and a do- a big Doberman pitcher kind of runs up behind her, Ooh. and you have a moment of like, oh boy! But he's a good boy, and his name is Aww. Zeus, Zeus, and he just and he just wants to go with her. You know, he's okay. He's, adorable. He's like, you're my mom. Yeah, you're my human. So. And she's like, I'm so sorry, I have to leave you. But then, like, you see her, like, you know what? Fuck it. And she takes off the dog's um, electric like collar. Yeah. And, again, which is symbolic of her, Freeing. Yeah. Yes. But as she's taking it off, like, the dog, uh, its butt bumps into the car, we're in the garage, and the car alarm goes off. Why is your car alarm on in the garage? Um, Well, I think we're to believe that uh, Adrian is so maniacally controlling. That it's, like, every single possible safety precaution is taken all the time. Yeah, so then, so the car alarm's going off, and she's like, fuck it. And so Zeus takes off you know, into the woods or wherever. Yeah. And then, so she runs and she has to scale a fence. So alarm's going off and we see the lights turn on in the house. So we know that Adrian is up. But she gave him all that Valium. It doesn't matter. He's up now. And uh, so she's running through and she runs through the woods and she gets to this little like sort of mountainous road and um, she's waiting there and a car drives up and you don't know if it's him or if it's somebody else and it pulls up and it's, uh, it's Cecilia's sister. Okay. And... I do not want to criticize this character because, look, we've all... Her name is Emily. Okay. You know, who knows how we'd all react in the situation. But she sits there so long in that car <laughs> that clearly your sister asked you to meet you in the middle of the goddamn woods in the middle of the night. You don't sit there on that road and say, what's going on yeah, with the you, car in a dead stop? You gun it away from there, maybe with your lights off. Like Right. <laughs> Whatever's going on, you already knew you were meeting someone in the middle of the night. 
whatever it is, you have to go. Yeah, that's not, you're not, it's not like, let's see what happens. Okay, so, yeah, so I am annoyed like, by that. Yes, and Emily will do a lot of annoying things, but again, that's we're watching it as a horror movie, so I'm sure for Emily, she's like, well, I didn't know. She didn't tell me. Right. And so Emily's like, what's going on? Are you okay? And, you know, uh, Celia's like, you know, sort of panicking, but like trying to like settle down or whatever. And they're sitting there, and we see out behind Cecilia, the passenger window, we see Adrian running out of the woods. Oh, my God. Towards the car, and he gets there, and he just punches the passenger side window out and grabs her. And starts to like drag her out of the car. What is Emily she, doing? She says, "What's happening?" I mean, Bitch, what do you think is you happening? Know what's happening? What do you talk? What do you mean? Nothing good. This yeah. is like, like, oh well. If we talk this out, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I'm all, okay. Right. So Emily's already like, okay, you know. But hey, obviously, and, and they. Well, we'll get into this. Anywho, yes. so finally, Emily, you know, put puts a pedal in the metal and drives out of there. Okay. And. With or without Cecilia? With Cecilia. Okay. But we see that Cecilia has dropped um, the her uh, diazepam prescription bottle. And know. Adrian, his uh, hand is bleeding from the... Uh, punching punching the window. Punching the window. Yeah. So he picks it up and suddenly he, there's bloody fingerprints, but we see that he realizes that she drugged him. Okay. Cut to two weeks later. Okay. Uh, Cecilia is staying with James, who is a cop, and his teenage daughter, Sydney. Okay. And James is sort of challenging her, like, every day, like, basically, go to the mailbox and get the mail and come back. Okay. So he's, like, setting, like, small, like, Mm -hmm. stepping stones to, like, being comfortable, like, in the world. Exactly. And And, you know— there's a lot of really great moments where she goes out to the mailbox, and then, like, somebody's running up behind her— and she whips around, but it's just somebody in, like, a sweatsuit and they're jogging. Yeah. But, it, you know, in that moment— She's already— Exactly. And so I think we're setting up the fact that, like, other people are sort of like, okay, Cecilia, you, you went to this horrible thing, but you know what? You're maybe overreacting because obviously you're safe. I would argue we don't know if she's safe. Right. It's like, okay, maybe she's safe, but, like, maybe not. We don't know where exactly. this guy is and if he's around or not and what she's seeing. So. Yeah. And so uh, Cecilia's, like, sort of doing things. Like, she puts white out over her um, computer camera. So, like, in case he's hacked into her computer, he can't see right. her. And behind her, while she's doing that, James is, like, getting his old uh, ladder out because he's painting the, the inside of the hallway. And he's sort of clattering this old ladder around in sort of a comical way. Yeah. So the thing that the movie does not establish, but uh, that I just want to discuss is who is James and why do they have this relationship? Now, um, I watched this with my boyfriend, Dave, the silent third host, as far as I'm concerned, because he yes, watches absolutely. all of these. Um, and we watched it, and he's like, I think that James is um, Emily, the sister's ex-husband. Wow, that's and a no, leap to assume. But then we looked at Wikipedia, and that's what it was originally. In the Because this movie is a remake? Well, um, I, I'm just saying for what... It, I believe that when they shot okay. this film, James okay. was shot as Emily's ex-husband. Okay. But it maybe got edited down to there's no explanation of who he is? Completely. I would rather a movie be five minutes longer, and I hate a long movie. I think every movie should be 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I would rather an extra five minutes so I know everybody's relationship to each other, exactly. and you leave those scenes in that say that. And I, re- I think the reason that this that was edited out is because it then begs the question, is Emily the mother of James's daughter and if so 
why don't we see like then it's like oh then they have a whole other relationship or yeah. are they estranged? It, like it, it opens up right. a whole. Then other you have to world. answer some more questions, and now all of a sudden you have a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. On the flip side, would I have liked them saying like, "Oh, James, I'm so glad we've been friends since elementary school," or like, "I'm glad yeah. we dated for that week in college and that it didn't work out, but we're still friends," or something yes. like that. Anything. You know? Anything. Or James is someone like we've hired, and I live. This is a safe house, right. and right. this is like something that Any people do. Any explanation would be very helpful. Yeah. So, but we, I think that it was in there originally, but it's been cut out. So the answer is, okay. James is just her friend. Okay. You know. That's fine. And uh, so so Emily comes over, and Emily, Cecilia's like, why did you come over? He knows where you live. You know, he knows that you're my sister. He's going to follow you. And Emily's like, wow, great to see you, too. Emily's oh. immediately up such a bitch to her the about all this. It's like, you saw him punch out your, your car window. window. And you're like, wow, Cecilia, just, well, it's you like. S- you sure seem on edge. And it's like, really? So, again, would I have liked to have maybe a little bit about, like, how they were brought up? Like, yes. maybe they were yeah. strange. Like, oh, I haven't heard from you in X number of years. But, again, we were giving none of that. Of so course. Of course. Emily is very standoffish. But then, like, has moments where she actually is trying to help, you know? Uh-huh. So, Celia's like, you can't do this. You can't come over here. And Emily said, well, I just came over to tell you that Adrian is dead. <laughs> he, he died by suicide, so you don't have to be afraid anymore. And, you know, Cecilia has sort of, like, this, like, moment of, like, oh, my God. And she's sitting in the bathroom floor and just, like, relief. But also, obviously, she did love him. And right. I mean, this complicated reaction. ex-husband and, like, ab- yeah. like abusive relationship. That's, you know. But and also, like, that seems like a weird method of communication. Like, her sister coming over to tell her. Yes. Like, and is it, it like, wouldn't yeah. the police, like, she's his wife. Like, wouldn't she be on the list of people? Like, why is her sister no and she doesn't? Yes, and and again, it would have also made sense if the sister was a cop or something. Right. But, well, I guess we're to believe that the death was in the newspaper or was somewhere online. Okay. Now, obviously, Emily could have called or texted or called James or whatever. Yes. Un- or emailed. I agree. She's a, she likes a pop-in? Not a fan. Yeah. So I will agree anything other than the actual main horror I found a little confusing. But you know what? That's fine. <laughs> sure. We're going to get That's through okay. it. Um, you find out that Cecilia did not tell Emily about any of this, which is a very, you know, very common okay. yes. in domestic abuse situations. And so Emily's like, what happened? Like, tell me. And we basically find out that um, he was just like horrifically abusive and controlling. Yeah. And so it's like physical abuse, but also um, just like just emotional and everything. Yeah. And then she doesn't say, oh, sexual, but she does say, you know, he really wanted to have a baby. And, but I was secretly taking birth control because I knew if I had a baby with him, like, I would never be be able to leave. Exactly. So I think we also believe that he was forcing her to have sex with him. And it was just sounds like a horrible situation. And, and they're Emily and James are there, like, we're really sorry. Like, you know, we're going to get through this and that kind of thing. And while, while they're there, Cecilia, like, not necessarily a flirtation, but like, clearly has, like, she and James, like, really get along really well. And then she and James's daughter have, like, you know, sort of like a mother-daughter rapport. Yeah. Like, this is something, A nice relationship. Yes, something closer to an actual relationship. Oh, and um, uh, James's daughter wants to go to Parsons for fashion school, but he doesn't really have the money. But we, but that's her want. Sydney really wants okay. to go. So uh, the next day, Cecilia gets a letter, and it turns out that she has been— she's named in Adrian's will. So Emily, who is a lawyer, goes with— uh, Cecilia to the will reading, which is done by um, Adrian's brother Tom, 
who is a huge slime ball. Of course. And is the worst. And he's like, oh, I have to read this letter from Adrian before we start. Wow, I thought we really had something, Cecilia, but I guess I was wrong. You know, like, it's such a bitchy letter. And Emily Stott, like, when was that written? I guess as soon, uh, before as soon he as died, yeah. And um, so, and Emily's like, we don't have to listen to this. We, You're not reading this letter. You know that right. he was abusive. And uh, in the will, basically, it's like, uh, you will, Adrian's left you $5 million in $10,000 increments, provided you don't commit a crime. Okay. Uh, and later you find out it's don't commit a crime or be adjudicated mentally ill. And I think that they had to change that because basically, like, it, it's sort of like if you don't say it's commit a crime, then it's basically like if you're mentally ill, you cannot receive inheritance, yes. which I don't think, I don't know if that's like a thing. Maybe yeah, I don't know what rich people yeah, do, I but. I get that. They were like, let's tiptoe around yeah. what this looks like. But right. And uh, but okay. again, it's it's a tricky. You're making a horror movie about both domestic abuse and uh, mental okay. illness, essentially. Yes. So I understand it's tricky to be like yes. what what is in poor taste and what's like actually uh, good filmmaking. So right. Um. So so she gets the money, like her first hundred thousand um, dollars that she's going to get every month, and she gives money to um. Uh, she buys James a new ladder. Great. And she gives Sydney $10,000 a month until she's paid for Parsons. So now wow. Sydney, James's daughter, will be able to go to the college of her choosing. That's very and, nice. And they have like a really sweet, cute moment. And they're like, you know, kind of dancing around the living room. And, you know, it's just sort of nice. And, of course, we see a long shot from the end of the hallway as oh, if no. we're, we're spying on this little scene. But maybe you can't see us. Because the person looking is invisible. (gasps) Like the title of the movie. Um, So in the next morning, James going to work, and he's like, I guess the implication is that she could just stay there, you know, until she gets back on her feet, and she's looking for jobs. And uh, she's making eggs and bacon, and James leaves, and he said, could you get Sydney up? Because she still has to finish her senior year or whatever. And so Cecilia goes to wake up Sydney, and we are left with a wide shot of the kitchen. And we see a knife from the kitchen essentially being taken. So it's dragged off the counter and then disappears. And then by, no, by nothing, just like by nothing. in the air. Okay. Yeah. And then is it the, like floating through the air? Yes. Effectively. Is it funny yes. at all? Not yet. There okay. are some funny moments later where you see floating stuff. But no, this is like it slides this off the scary. counter. Yeah. Essentially slides off the counter and then it disappears off the end of it, but we don't say what happens to okay. it. Okay. I That's, thought it was on the ground and someone's gonna step on it, which I found spooky. Yeah, that is spooky and dangerous. And then um, something happens where the uh, frying pan, the skillet, catches on fire. And they both run in, Sydney and um, and uh, Cecilia, and they, like, you have to use the fire extinguisher, or Sydney does. And yeah. they're like, wow, that's crazy that happened. Anyways, probably nothing. Yeah, nothing to worry about. Definitely not a safety issue. Yeah. And so they, they use the fire extinguisher, and then uh, that night, Cecilia went out and bought a dress. And, like, clearly it's like, okay, she's, like— Getting into life yeah. again. And uh, sort of, a, I'm finally free, gift to herself, and she hears a sound, and she goes in the living room to check it out, and she turns, the door is locked and closed, and then when she turns back around, the door is standing open. No, that's so scary. So she goes outside, and she's looking around. Is and she the only one home? She's the only one awake. Okay. So James and Sydney, I believe, are both asleep. Okay. And uh, we see, you see someone's breath in the cold air. <laughs> Yeah, so that's we know that somebody is invisible. Yep. And, but well, at this point, Allison, then my question for you is, what do you do? 
would you do? I mean, I wake up James. Okay, what do you tell him? There's someone watching us. Like, I ha- like okay. we have to go somewhere else. Like, But then, like, it, you know, that doesn't accomplish a ton, but at least, like, somebody else. Right. Like, I would want someone else to see that. Now, are you playing it coy about, like, what you think is uh, going on? You know what I mean? I mean, like, it would be hard also to just, like, mentally get to the point of what you think is happening. Like, like there's so many, like, so many, de- like, my first reaction wouldn't be, like, there's an invisible person here. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, you just can't believe, like, your mind, like, my mind mm-hmm. would not let me believe that. It's too weird. Right. Um, and, like, unbelievable. Um, so I would want someone else, like, seeing what I'm seeing and then to be able to know if they're seeing it or not and then to start being, like, what's happening with me. Absolutely. Well, so. instead, what Cecilia does is goes to sleep in Sydney's room, which, no. in her bed. What? And so that's why I watched this movie twice, and the second one was literally to see, like, what is their relationship? To me, that would make sense. Not really, but, okay, if that's your um, niece, right. who you've known since birth. Right. And you're, like, more girlfriends, because, like, you know, you grew up as She's girlfriends. She's the age now that you get, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. But if it's just your friend's teenage daughter no and even if you're a woman happen, and you're like yeah no that's not it's just like not the right thing it, to do it, it, it it's also, weird it also puts a child in a situation of like you, the child is like somehow soothing you yeah and also yes. why wouldn't if you want to sleep with someone why wouldn't you just go to james who is both an adult and a cop and a man sleep, and hot like go sleep in no, his bed it no, doesn't make what? any sense just do that like Forget everything else. Like, I agree. he's hot. Go sleep in his bed. You know, and I will say, if this was the 90s, that's what would happen. Like, in the, in the 90s version of this movie, yes. that wasn't Hollow Man because I didn't see it. But, you know, The Invisible Man, right. they would have obviously had a romance. 100%. Even if, he, not to do it. even if he was her sister's ex-husband, they would still exactly. have sex. Exactly. Um, and so maybe that's also why they took it out, is like, the implication. The implication. Yeah. I don't the know. The implication. Um, anywho, so she's asleep. They're now they're they're both asleep, and the you see the comforter sort of gets dragged off the bed, and the lights mm. start flickering on and off. And Cecilia wakes up, and she looks. She goes to get the comforter thing. He just fell off the bed, and she goes to pull it, and she realizes there are two feet standing on the comforter. Oh my god! Like two impressions, right. and she can't pull it. And as she's holding it, the feet footprints start walking towards her on the sheet. Oh my like, god! And as they do, so it was like pulling the sheet to the ground, and she screams. And, like, falls against, uh, like, the bureau. Uh-huh. Sydney, Sydney wakes up and grabs the pepper spray that her dad got her. Right. And James runs in and is like, what the hell is going on? Of course, there's nothing there. Of course. And I you think, can't. Yes. Yeah. And this is the beginning of, I think, James and Sydney being like, oh, no. It's maybe, it's maybe Cecilia, like. Crazy. Going, yeah, losing her mind. Yeah. And, you know, James is like, um, I understand, like, you, what you went through is, is horrible. Like, he, Adrian will haunt you if you let him. Do not let him yes. control your life, you know. And good and, advice, good measured cop advice. And obviously, she needs to go to a therapist, regardless of whether there's an invisible man or not. I mean, there's right. no invisible man in my life, and I love going to therapy. Yeah, therapy's so awesome, and I don't think there's any invisible people here. No, but uh, so the next day, Cecilia has a interview with like this cool hip architecture firm, and I think we're to believe that she wasn't working when she was with um, yeah. Adrian at all. So you know, she's sort of getting it out back out there. And she's being interviewed by this guy, Benedict, who is a big skis. Yeah. And she worked at, in Paris for some firm. And she's like, so you worked in Paris? Is uh, that where all the the world's beautiful women have to go at some point? Like, oh, On an what? interview, like, report that. Yeah, she's like, haha, no, anyways, I just worked at this firm. And she goes and she opens up her portfolio of, like, blueprints and stuff, and yeah. it's empty. 
So Ooh. somebody has gone in and taken them taken out. Taken all, yes. And uh, so she goes, she starts to sort of become faint, and eventually she passes out at, in front of the interviewer. It's she like, I wouldn't hospital. want to pass out in front of that guy. He no, absolutely seem, not. not seem Luckily, they're in a big open plan okay, office, good. so, Great. you know, yeah, they're not alone or, you know, in a restaurant or something. But um, it turns out that she had a massive amount of diazepam in her blood. Oh. So, so the implication. drugging her. Yes. And uh, so she's on the phone and she gets a call and they're saying like, hey, um, I want to talk to you about your results. These drugs were there, but then also we found something else. But as they're saying, we found something else. She turns and she sees in her bathroom in James's house the uh, prescription bottle that she dropped. Oh, my God. When she now, did she know Adrian. she had dropped it? Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. And if she didn't remember, it, it still has Adrian's bloody fingerprints on it uh, from when he picked so it up. That's so scary. So, ah. so this is him letting her know. Like, I'm doing this. Me invisible. Me, me invisible. That's um, what this movie should have been called. Me? Question mark? Invisible. Invisible. Period. So I agree. I To me, I would call the cops or it'd be like, James, yeah. I want to start a file and be like, whether or not it's it's Adrian, right? Somebody is harassing me. Somebody left yes. us here. Someone's stalking me. Something like that. Well, because like I would imagine that like James can see that bottle. Like the bottle isn't invisible. It's been left there. Like she could even exactly. just file the report to be like, I had dropped this when I escaped. Now yes. it's here. It's covered in blood. That's not my blood. I did not bring it here. Like at least that's like something you can put. Absolutely. Into a file for a policeman or a therapist. I mean, I guess uh, neither James or anyone else addresses this, but that's what I would do. Yes, that's what I would do. Instead, she has James take her to Adrian's brother, Tom, and be like, tell your brother to stop. I know your brother's alive. I know he is somehow invisible. Yes. And Tom's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I drugged him. And this showed up here. And before we broke up, he said, if you ever leave me, I will find you. I will walk right up to you and you won't be able to see me, but I will leave you a sign. Oh my that God. That motherfucker's not dead. He left me this. And that's when you find out, oh, he's a world, world leader in the field of optics. Yes. He's invisible. Okay. There is an invisible man who is stalking me. Yes. And then Tom sort of confesses, like, look, Adrian, like, was abusive to me throughout all of her life. I hated my brother. Surprise, surprise. I completely understand why you feel this way. I was relieved to find out he was dead. And he was a genius, but not because he was that smart. It's like he was a sociopath. Right. But then he has a line where he says, Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is not inventing it, but making you think he did. Absolutely not. It would be way more, it's way more interesting and brilliant. That's objectively wrong. It's just like, if we're talking about what the word brilliant means. Right. No, if you actually invented something, that's brilliant. If you were just a psychopath, that's not brilliant. Yeah, you're just a psychopath. You're a liar. But you're I, not, like you're not stupid, but you're not as good as somebody who could make an invention that makes you invisible. Right. That's not the one thing more brilliant. That's yeah. at least number two on the brilliant list. Yeah. It's yeah. The rankings are obvious. Yeah. But obviously Cecilia's like, no, I know he's invisible. I don't know, you know, whatever. So Cecilia goes over to Emily's apartment to try to like talk to her and be like, Can you believe this? And Emily's like, Oh, uh, I got your email, bitch. And Cecilia <laughs> says, you know, like, what do you mean? She's like, uh, I got your email being like. And it basically, like, she received an email from Cecilia's email account saying, like, I, you should have died instead of Adrian. Like, you're suffocating me, all this stuff. Oh, my God. Here's of the course. thing. 
And she says to Celia, who she knows was abused horribly. She says, if you're too stupid to know who the good guys are and you're too weak to leave the bad ones, don't stop. Like, don't look to me for charity. It's like Emily's a bitch. Emily is the worst sibling possible. And also, like, if my if I got that email, I would be like, oh, she my sister's having like some sort of mental break. I wouldn't wait for her to reach out to me again. I would definitely call her and be like, what the fuck? And bring it up. Exactly. Not just be like, not just sit on it until like she needs help and then be like, you sent me this, fuck off. Like. Exactly. And also it's like, if you, it would, it would make more sense if we had some insight into like, maybe they had a very contentious, fucked up family and, and relationship. Then it's like, okay, maybe whatever. Something to make, this more understandable her reaction and then Cecilia tells her like I think Adrian's the invisible man and all this stuff and Emily says you need some medication Adrian is dead and it's like then get her medication yeah help in some way don't just start casting blame you are the only family member exactly so it's like if if that's true you still have to help her but of course she doesn't of course not slams the door so now Emily essentially is out as like a touchstone of like reality Right. And James and Sydney have also had this weird experience with her last night where they're like, I don't know what's going on. So um, Cecilia goes home. She finds the email is obviously really horrible. Right. And while she's there, uh, Sydney, who again is a teenage girl. Right. Comes home. Cecilia is sobbing. And she's like, you know what we need is a girl's night with cake. And it's like, yeah. Sydney says that to Cecilia? Yeah. But I'm like, she's a teenage girl. She doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Maybe she's like, let's hang out. I don't know. Yeah. Cake? I mean, I guess that's what teenagers would suggest to an adult. Right. But again, Sydney is being put into a situation where she has to be the adult, which again... Never a good situation. But as she's comforting her, Sydney gets punched in the face by the air, essentially. And she freaks out and says, like, to Cecilia, you punched me. It also doesn't... It doesn't make much sense because she clearly didn't. Right. You would have seen it. Like, she would have, if somebody, like, punched me, I would right. see them punching me. But, you know, and I guess maybe watching them, like, if this, if this, if she was slightly younger, maybe I could understand, like, okay, she doesn't know, she's just yeah. piecing it together. But she's, like, 17 or 18, clearly no, the air punched her. Yes. But let's assume, okay, she's, all right. she doesn't know about the Invisible Man, she doesn't believe in it. Yeah. Okay. So then she gets punched in the air, in the, by the air in the face. And James runs it, and it's like, what the hell's going on? Sydney says, Cecilia punched me. James takes Sydney and they leave. And James says, I can't have you around my child, whatever. Really what he should say is, I think you're having a psychotic break. I'm going to call someone. I'm going to call someone to the house. I'm going to take my daughter out of here. A counselor's going to come over or another cop, anybody, some sort of professional. You stay here. Where's your partner? Cops have partners. And we're going to make sure somebody comes talk to you. He leaves and doesn't send anybody, which is like, I just don't think that that's what you know, again, not not everyone handles the crisis well. Of but course, like, but a he, cop should. I just think you got to take one class where it's like, what if somebody is having a mental health crisis? Yes. You don't just leave them in your own house and no. then don't call anyone and then just come leave back. Leave them there to figure it out. Like, Anyway, so now they're gone and she's in the house and she decides, I'm going to call Adrian's phone, which I do think is, is kind of funny. But that, yeah. you know. So she calls Adrian's phone and she hears it ringing. And Allison, where does she hear Adrian's phone ringing? I mean, I gotta guess it's behind her. It's in the attic. So it's oh above her. Oh my God. Her. So she That's goes so up worse. there. 
She goes up there and she finds a bunch of spooky stuff. She of finds course. all of her blueprints from her portfolio are up there. Um, she finds Adrian's phone and she finds the knife that we saw stolen earlier. And she yes. picks it up. And now we understand because we watch movies, her fingerprints are on the knife. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. But right. also, like, I wouldn't want to be like, I'll just leave this here. Right. And so now at least she has a knife. So say what you will. Yeah. It's like, you know, arm yourself with what you have. Yeah. So then she hears, uh, in order to get up into the attic, she had used um, uh, James's new ladder she brought She bought him. So she hears somebody on the ladder. Uh, Chekhov's ladder. Exactly. <laughs> the ladder has plays a pretty big role I in I can't the, believe in how much we've talked about ladders in this movie. It's a beautiful ladder. I mean, I mean I'm glad it's nice. Exactly. And, he, and she is paying for uh, his daughter to go to college, so yeah. that's really great. But she hears someone climbing up the ladder. And as she goes, she goes over to the little, like, square opening to put her yeah. head down. She goes to look over, and then she takes, there's a can of paint from when he was painting the hallway, throws it down, and it splatters over a human figure. Oh, my God. So now she I mean, also, knows. like, smart on exactly. her part to, like, figure out how to yeah, how can we show see? this. But Even not, just to herself. Exactly. She knows for sure there is an invisible man, right? Yes. And the invisible man, boy, didn't plan for it. So suddenly, the invisible man, the ladder falls, the invisible man takes off. So now she has to get out of the attic by, like, jumping down, essentially. Also, uh, she, at a certain point, um, takes coffee grounds and spreads them on the ground so she could see the footprints. Okay. Which I think is smart. She's pretty resourceful. But also, boy, James, you really shouldn't have left her alone in the house because she's essentially thrown white paint and coffee grounds all over your home. All over your home that you've been redoing. I think, right? I mean, yeah. that's what the ladder was for. Absolutely. And so she goes down. She, now she realizes, okay, the invisible man's in the house. Yes. She runs over to the, the sink, turns on, she runs over to it. The invisible man has washed off the paint, so is now invisible again. And she has the knife, Some and she's basically paint. like, Adrian, I know you're here. How dare you hit a little girl? If you're going to hit someone, hit me. Unfortunately, he does. Yeah, and we see her lifted off the ground, and he's strangling her. Yes. And with his I remember other that hand. from the trailer, and it's yeah. very scary. And... He's Adrian's also very strong, is what we're to yeah. believe. And he also, like, is able to get the knife out of her hand. And then they are just, like, brawling across this kitchen and living room. Like, he throws her to the table, and the table flies over. And then she's, like, hitting him with the pans. Oh, my God. And it's, it's very Does well done. Does she know where to be hitting? I mean, only when he's touched Sometimes. Her. Okay. Like, if he has his hands on her, then it's like, okay, I can probably guess where like, he's does at. does it look stupid, or does it look No, like, I thought cool. it was really well done. I'm a, that, I believe that. Elizabeth Moss is good. That's yes. That kind of thing. And so, you know, he, he, he wails on her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, oh, and also when he, sorry, I should add this point, is that before she, she got a text in the attic from his number that just says surprise. And that's when he oh was God. coming up the ladder. Right. And so he, he wails on her and there's a long extended fight. And finally she gets out of the house and runs out onto the road and she gets a lift. And she's a going lift? to, she, or an Uber, an unspecified ride. Okay, ride I was going to say, like, is it is it identified as Lyft or? No, I, they sh- I'm sure they tried to get someone to sponsor, but no, just a ge- generic uh, ride share. Okay. And she takes the uh, car to Adrian's house. Okay. And she goes there, and we see, she gets there, and it's all, like, sort of, everything has, like, white sheets on it. And we see Zeus, the dog, which to imply, we take it to be someone's living in the house. So she's yes. like, okay, he's still here. Right, because the dog would be dead by now. It's been weeks. Yeah. Somebody's feeding it. So she goes down to the lab. Oh, my God. To that weird rack we saw. And yeah. she kind of futzes with it. And suddenly this suit 
turns opaque, and we realize it's a second invisible suit. And it's really well done, I thought, that, like, uh, artistically. Yeah. It looks like um, little tiny, um, uh, like, honeycomb or, like, insect eyes. Okay. Like, I all the cameras yes. are, like, winking, like, uh, like different, like, spider eyes, sort of. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of people keep uh, always claim to have this fear, which is um, tri- triphobia. Oh, it's like fear of cir- lots of small circles. Right, yeah. Which I find them disgusting, but I'm not, like, afraid of them. Yeah, no, I'm just, like, grossed out. Trypophobia. Trypophobia. Yeah, fear or disgust of closely packed holes, which, I mean, when they write it that way, is disgusting. Yeah, that is, I am afraid of closely packed holes. Right, you like to have your holes spaced out spaced appropriately. Spaced out evenly with a lot of room around them. Love it to negotiate. <laughs> um, so, I, but it's, I thought it was very well, like, the... Um, uh, artistic design of the suit yeah. was very creepy. I thought okay. that was well done. Good for that's so good. she's like, shit, I got it. Basically, I'm going to take this as evidence that he is invisible. It's like, this yeah. is an invisible suit. Right. So she starts to pull it off the mannequin and the dog starts barking. Why? Because somebody just got home. Yeah. So she hi- she takes the suit and she hides it in um, Adrian's closet to find for later, apparently. Okay. Like, she puts it in a wall, like in a wall safe, So I that guess. she's like, I could come back and get this. I know where this is. He doesn't know where this is. Yeah. It's like when you go to Lowman's or Nordstrom Rack, I guess, at this point, and you find something you want, but you're not going to buy it that day, so you hide it in, like, a different rack where they wouldn't find it. I mean, I've never done that, but also that is genius. So she goes to hide in there, um, but Adrian finds her and kind of throws her to the ground, but she's able to escape because Zeus, the good boy, comes and barks at Adrian. Zeus. And luckily, she asked the lift guy to wait, and the guy waited. <laughs> I've never had that happen. That's the most unbelievable part of this entire movie. But I guess he lives, Adrian lives so far outside the city, the guy was like, well, if I drive back, I don't have I'm any. I'm not going to get a fare. So yeah. I might as well wait 20 minutes for this woman to come back out. So next time we see her, she's in the car, and she's calling her sister to, to meet up with her. Okay. To be like, please, I just need to talk to you. I really need your help right now. I don't know how much longer I have. Allison, we've arrived at the point. I wish I must ask you, who will survive? Who will survive? I mean, I need Cecilia to survive. Okay. Because this movie, uh, this movie about these things with her dying is pretty terrible. Right. Um, I want Adrian to be dead one way or another, whether right. he already was or he ends up dead after all of this. Okay. If he isn't dead now. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to guess James dies, but Sydney lives. Mm-hmm. And I could use Emily uh, dying. So okay, great. I'm going to say Emily dies because she's a bitch. And then do you, okay, we're going to have Allison try to guess the twist. What do you think the twist is? Guess the twist. I mean, my initial guess of he's not actually dead, I feel like still stands mm-hmm. as a possibility, though it has not necessarily been proven. Great. So I'm going to continue with that. Wonderful. All right. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, 
but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, my charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. So Cecilia meets up with her sister at a restaurant named Elon, which I'm assuming is a reference to oh, Elon okay. Musk. I don't know. And her sister shows up. And say what you want about uh, Emily being a huge bitch. She showed up and it's like, all right, well, we're going to work through this. You know, and Cecilia, because Elizabeth Moss is a great actress, looks like hell, is like teary-eyed and has to like force an apology to her sister to be like, yeah. you're so strong and I just need your strength. And, yes. you know, just like, which is like insane. It's like, Emily, fuck you. But, yeah, you know, it fuck works. Fuck Emily, but also she needs her right now. So just yeah. like do what you can to like get her help. And there's a little bit of a, a comedic moment where the waiter keeps interrupting them. And, <laughs> that is fun. And sort of like asking if they want, what they want to drink. And Cecilia says, I found the invisible suit. Yes. This proves what I was saying. And it proves that he's been stalking me. And I need your help to like do this. And Emily is staring at her, but is staring like right off center of her face. Mm-hmm. And Cecilia turns and there's a knife, the knife from the attic from the yeah. kitchen hovering next to her head. Oh my the God. knife shoots out, slices Emily's neck. Oh my God! Emily dies this neck, quickly, and then the the knife essentially is like forced into Cecilia's hand by the Invisible Man. Oh, so then okay. then a restaurant goer turns turns looks and just starts screaming because it Emily, looks like she just exactly. slit her sister's throat in the middle of a restaurant. So everyone goes nuts and is like running around, and Cecilia's just sobbing and but like no drops one the else knife. saw the knife at any point, just like until it was in her hand. Okay. Right. Where I, you know, it does ask the question, like, did the knife, It did like, have to get in. Like, at some point, it was, like, table for one. You know, like... What if he has, like, an invisible, like, tote bag that he can oh, put sure, things in? puts it in and then pulls it out. Or, like, an invisible messenger bag. He's got to have something like that because it's he does... It's a messenger bag. It's San Francisco. Like... Right. He's got a a a, boot, a beautiful boutique uh, invisible uh, yes. messenger bag yes. that he has to carry knives in. So now, as a result of this, she gets handcuffed and, like, taken to an institution. Yes, Yes, because, yeah. And she's screaming, I see you! I see you! And, of course, everyone involved thinks she's she's had some sort of psychotic break. I mean, you know. That's how it appears. 
And so, you know, uh, the next day she's sitting across from James and another uh, detective, Reckley. And they're like, okay. okay, so it seems like you sent an email to your sister saying you wish she was dead. And that it appears that you are have killed her, but you say that an invisible man have, has killed her. You know, and she's yeah. like, that is that, correct. Yeah, the evidence is not great. And Cecilia says, I have something to prove I'm innocent, but I can't tell you because he's in the room. He's listening to us. Yeah. And Officer Reckley's like, okay, I'm going to be right back. And James, for, you know, say you will about James's mistakes. He is like, I should not have left you alone. That was a mistake. Yes. And I'm okay, very thank sorry. Thank you, James, for finally yes. owing up to that being a huge problem. Exactly. He's like, I'm so sorry. This is my fault. I, I should have gotten you help. And I didn't. And Celia's like, no, I, it's that, you know, obviously he's still like this visible man, but James feels terrible. Back in her room, a nurse comes in and is like, hey, Cecilia, we, we checked your recent hospitalization just to, like, see what you were in there for. And it says, yeah. your blood test said you were pregnant. Do they tell you that? Oh, my God. And Cecilia's like, oh, say what? No, I don't, I don't remember. And that's what the doctor was trying to tell her when she hung up when she found the um, prescription bottle. Yeah. Is that she is pregnant. Which, of course, as we know, is what Adrian had wanted. Okay. All along. So now she is ostensibly pregnant with, with Adrian's baby. Are we led to believe that that pregnancy happened before or after he died? Well, so we're here we're about to explain okay. it. Okay. okay. So suddenly okay. Cecilia has a visitor. It is, of course, Tom, Adrian's disgusting brother. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I still think of you like family. Um, but you have committed a crime and you have been adjudicated mentally ill, so you do not get the money. Of course. Um and uh, she's like, you know, I feel bad for you, but you're, I see that you're the jellyfish version of Adrian. Like, you're exactly like him, but you don't have any spine. Yeah. And this is a great little monologue. And he's like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, but there is one other option. You have the baby and you go back to Adrian. And it turns out that Adrian had found out that she was taking birth control and had switched them with a placebo or whatever. Yeah. So weird to believe that she got pregnant, like, probably a month ago. Yeah. When he was still alive. Okay. And he and Tom is saying, if you come back to him and keep your baby, we will make this all go away. You will not go to pr- so prison. So Tom is acknowledging, like, yes, he is alive. Yes. He's Tom, been fucking with you. Tom not only knows, Tom has known the entire time. Tom has He's been in on The entire time. Yes. Tom has been an okay. integral part of this plan, is what we're I'm trying to understand. I'm very proud that I did guess this. Absolutely. Without knowing anything. I did not do any research, obviously. Yeah. Cecilia's like, fuck you. Fuck that yeah. plan. You can't tell me what to do. And she sweeps all the papers. Essentially, I don't know, he was having her sign a document saying, like, uh, yeah, my invisible man. I don't know what he thought was going to be yeah. on the papers, but, um, yeah. But like also, that, like, wouldn't that plan kind of work? Like, if she had the baby and went back to him, like, wouldn't that be evidence of, like, hey, this man faked his own death and then terrorized me. Here's, here's the proof he's still alive. Boy, you'd think so. But I guess we're to think he's just so smart and that so— That he would get her—he would make it look like she— something okay right like he I, I don't know how in that scenario how they were exactly going to explain it but then we uh, but it doesn't well, matter because she doesn't take it so yeah she doesn't take it and while he's going to bend over and pick up the documents she grabs a pen out of his bag yeah she's back in the room and and her horrible thing is that she believes that adrian is in the room with her the room's not that big so you think right. she could just sort of flail around but maybe you yeah. move too fast i don't know so she goes in there and she turns on the shower and she says out loud to herself, you can't have a baby and you can't have me. And she takes the pen and she stabs, she starts slitting her wrist with it. Oh my God. And this is not a genuine attempt at her life, I, I believe. It's just, um, she's trying to draw out, draw out Adrian into yes. action. So of course he grabs her and just stop her because he yes. wants 
the baby, baby. He wants right. to yeah, control. He wants her, her to survive so she could have the baby. So she takes the pen and she stabs it into the invisible suit. And so now, from here into the end, the invisible suit is sort of glitching. Okay. Which is a very cool effect, I thought. So, like, suddenly it's invisible and then he sort of has like a honeycomb, like yeah. certain parts of Outlines it emerge. And, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. So now the suit has been damaged, right? So she is able to, she stabs him and then a guard comes in. He assaults the guard and then it's, Basically, them brawling in the hallway. Him and, and the guard? Um, no, uh, him and Cecilia. And these uh, security guards keep coming in, and he keeps either assaulting or shooting them with one of the security guards' guns. The one positive part about this development is that there is now security footage of some yes, sort of monster of or alien. All of this. Assaulting people and forcing them to shoot themselves, like punching yeah. people in the face, like crazy stuff. You know, so luckily... In retrospect, she'll be able to then be like, see, that was crazy. That wasn't just me. You know, I didn't have any part of that. Um, And so uh, eventually he runs out the door into the rain. And she takes one of the security guards' uh, guns. Of course. And she's like, well, I'm going to, at this point, we we think just kill him. And uh, she she runs out into into the parking lot and he, you know, sort of assaults these other guards. And he says to her, if you fight me. I won't ever hurt you. I'll find someone you love and hurt them instead. Now you've only got yourself to blame for that innocent young girl's death. Then he takes off in his car towards Sydney and James' house. Oh, my God. So she hijacks an SUV, which I thought was a fun moment. That is fun. I like that for Elizabeth Moss. And so so she calls James. James like, how are you calling me? You're in the institution. This isn't possible. And she says, get out of the house. He's not home, and but of course Sydney's home. So right. she's driving there at the same time as James is. They're trying to race home to prevent Adrian from killing Sydney. So we get. So is there. Adrian driving a car invisible? Yes, that's fun. Like just like I guess it's San Francisco. Yeah. Like there are self-driving cars there. Like you could be like, I guess it's one of those. That's a very funny point. Yeah, we don't get to really see it. I which wish would they would have been show fun. That. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. Um, anyway, again, it seems like a a, a moment that w- could have been in it, but maybe it was edited out. Yeah, so, maybe edited out. So Sydney, it's like in the middle of the night, so Sydney's asleep. Right. And she wakes up and she can hear someone in her room. And wisely, she just takes out her pepper spray and just sprays at the sound. She is And the invisible man sort of falls against her bureau. And so at least she knows he's there. Yeah. He starts to, like, hurt her. And then James arrives. And sort of, then the invisible man and James are in a brawl. And he is just brutalizing James until James gets knocked unconscious. And he's, like, bleeding from his mouth. And it's horrible. And just then, right as you think he's about to kill Sydney, James, or yeah. Anne or Sydney Someone, and James, yeah. Cecilia shows up and she sprays the invisible man with a fire extinguisher. Now here's so, okay, yes. And so here's the thing: we've already seen them use a fire extinguisher, and fire extinguishers for the most part are not multi-use. You can only oh, use them once, yeah. which means James is such a good Ugh. parent that he, after they use it, he replaced that fire extinguisher right, right away. What a good dad. And that's a lesson for all of us is if you yeah. have to use your fire extinguisher for you need a to buy minor a fire, one. buy a new one immediately. Go to Home Depot or Lowe's, put it yeah. back in that kitchen. If she had not had that fire extinguisher, where would we be? So she fires the invisible man at the fire extinguisher. So then we see him. Yes. And then she just shoots him four times in the chest. She yeah. just absolutely good. obliterates him. Yeah, do it. And then she runs over and she peels off the mask. And Allison, who is in the suit? Oh, I don't know. The brother? Just- it's Tom, Adrian's shitty, shitty brother. Oh, my God. Right. That's a good twist. 
So then we see like the SWAT team arrive at Adrian's like beautiful, scary, cold yes. house. And we find him walled off and tied up in a room in his basement. Alive? Alive. Okay. But has been there for weeks at this yes. point. And since the last time, you know, right. we saw him. And so the next time we see him, we see Cecilia with James. And James is like, it looks like Adrian was the victim of his brother this whole time. And Celia's like, hell no, Adrian was abusive this entire time. This yes. is, he just set up his brother so that he could come back to life when this all got became Fakakta, you know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, listen, this is by this is the only way we're gonna get you out of a murder charge for killing your sister, is it was Tom. You know what I mean? Like right. this is the evidence we have. This is what we're gonna have to go with. And she's like, no, this this can't stand. Yeah. Because as long as Adrian is still alive, he will come after me. Like yeah. this hasn't stopped for me. No, and it never will. Exactly. So so I thought that was pretty bad advice where it's like he was basically like, let it go. It's like, well, we know, she knows that Adrian did right. this, you know. So that night she calls Adrian and she goes over to his house in that dress that she bought. She looks fabulous. Of course. And he's like, I didn't, I got so nervous. I didn't know what to make you. So I got, I made you steak and sushi and pasta. And it's like, that sounds delicious, but... Yeah. You just got to think after what you've done, this is not enough to make up no, for this. There, no, like, multi-course meal uh, yeah. will fix the years of abuse and the exactly. disease that has happened. Now, my, now, this is not addressed to the movie, but of course, my my thought, the process this whole time is, and then she's going to get an abortion. She has yeah. to get, just get you an abortion. To. That should be the first thing she does. When you are impregnated by someone like that, it's just like, these. there are options on the table, that would be the option yeah, in my definitely mind. definitely don't have that baby. But she goes to him and basically says, I'm willing to have you in this baby's life if you could just admit that you all, you did this. This wasn't your brother. This was right. your plan. We see James outside and that Cecilia has a, uh, yeah. she's, has a wire. Obviously. And so she's trying to get a confession on Adrian. And Adrian will not confess. He knows. He knows better. He's too smart. And he's like, I, it wasn't me. It was my brother. You know, I, I can't believe, like, all this stuff, like, you know I wouldn't do it, which is like, even if all this, even if it was his brother, he was incredibly abusive towards Cecilia. Right, yeah. That doesn't negate, like, the years of their marriage that she had to escape from. Yeah, and Adrian says, I know you think that you're going insane sometimes because I know you better than anyone in the world, you know, and that shouldn't come as a surprise. And that's supposed to be evocative of what he texted her surprise. Right. So, but the thing is, like, we already know it was him, you know, but right. whatever. He wants her to know, I, you, we both know it was me, and there's and nothing I'm you can fucking do it. about it. So she's crying, and she's like, well, let me go clean myself up, and we'll, we'll go to talk. She goes to the bathroom. A minute later, Adrian is sitting in his seat. We see his hand close around his knife. He looks at it, and then he slits his own throat <gasps> and dies. Way to go, Cecilia. Exactly. So oh, a I minute like later, that. she comes out. And it's like, oh my God, like screaming. And then you, well, we, we've been seeing like her on sort of security camera footage throughout the whole movie. Like, oh, everyone's being monitored, yeah. that kind of thing. So we see in the security camera, from the camera's perspective, he killed himself. Yeah. And she discovered him. Yes. And obviously, she, as soon as she steps out of frame, she sort of stops being freaked out. Like, yeah, yeah. And she's just like, back to, I just exactly. said that. And they exchange a, a moment. She says, surprise. And James has heard all this, so he runs in to be like, oh, my God, are you okay? And as she's walking out, he looks at her bag, and she has the other suit. Yes, of course. And I thought it was a very interesting note that they ended on where James wasn't like, oh, my God, great. Like, everything's been solved. Like, James has this very, like, 
rueful, like, he now realizes that he's part of some a murder plot. Yeah. And even though that Adrian, her, she was maybe right to have done it, potentially, he, as a man of the law and- a, Yeah, he and, can't be involved. So he's, un, he's uh, the implications being like, he will keep her secret, but he's uneasy and he feels bad about it. And I thought that that was like a very interesting note to end on. And then she she walks out and we see her like sort of feeling the free. wind and, and finally she's free. Um, and that's the end of The Invisible that is Man. That's an interesting note for them to like yeah. add on there at the end. Like, oof. Yeah. And it is sort of like, I guess like the person that Cecilia had to become to to survive and to get out of this is like a murderer. She had to yeah. do it. And that's also a tragedy. And yeah, I, I I thought it was really good. What do you think? I mean, it sounds great. I still kind of want to see it just to like see all of the art direction and the wide shots and like the way they do the suit. That all feels like... Yeah, the suit was great. very cool. I'm glad that they decided cool. to release it on VOD mm-hmm. so that we could watch it because otherwise, when are we ever going to be in a movie theater again? <laughs> I mean, I read this very sad thing about AMC potentially going bankrupt. It's like, there's nothing I love more than a movie theater. I I believe all movies should be watched in the the theater, if at all possible. They're made for that. This sounds like it would have been great on a big screen. Absolutely. And it's the kind of movie, like, without any other distractions, you really... Or can take time to sort of explore all the different, like, you know, those wide shots. Like, what are we seeing move? What are we seeing happen that I really appreciate? Um. Sounds like it was great. Um, I wanted to do invis- uh, Invisible Mistakes, which is, of course, our Fatal Mistakes, the Invisible Man edition. Fatal Mistakes. Um, which, Allison, I discussed, what are some mistakes, and look, we all make them, that the characters in Invisible Man made? I mean, I would say that, like, she just wasn't telling people what was happening mm-hmm. enough, like, to put it on, like to get it all on paper so that at least there was, like, a trail of what had been happening. Yeah. As opposed to just, like, waiting until it was, like, crisis level. And I'm not talking about the abuse, but, like, I'm talking about, like, the stuff he was doing after he was invisible. Absolutely. I guess my my thought is, why not just, like, fly to New York? Yeah, it fly, is. Fly, uh, geographically get out of there so that even if whatever happens, you could at least buy yourself some time. Yeah, no, that's a very good, like, don't stay where you know he can find you and he knows where you are and, like, all that stuff. Exactly. Which is a burden on her and very sad, but something to think about. But it would have been, like, a survival tactic. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to do, uh, I had a segment called uh, Break Break in Case of Invisibility, and I want to talk about what liquid would you always carry on yourself to just spray the invisible man with? Because I feel like Ooh. at a certain point, she should have just had liquid on her at all uh, times. At all times. And yeah. something, it would have to be something either like opaque or mm-hmm. like, like juice, like, yes. re, like a red, like, like cranberry juice or right. whatever. But even that can be like wiped off, but though it stains, like, that's true. You wouldn't want to carry like a bucket of paint around with you everywhere. But well, I guess I would, like ink, ink, like black ink. I was saying spray paint. Spray paint's good. But I guess you could wash it off. If you could wash off house paint, you could wash off spray paint. Well, the house um, paint washing off easily didn't seem plausible. But we don't know what the suit is made of. It could be it could be that like stain resistant material we've all been looking for all these years. Right. Yeah. It looks like you know, like you've ever bought like something where it's like scuba material. Yeah. Like it's like neoprene or neoprene. something. It looks like that. Um, I feel I also, like ink. I would say ink. Yeah. I was thinking like laundry soap or something that had a fragrance. So it's like oh, even okay. if you wash it off, you could still smell him. Yeah. That's a like, good have, idea. Like, um, yeah. Or like, if could you buy like if you bought. 
I don't, I don't know. I guess like a, a jar of pee is what I want. Yeah. First of all, you can smell him. Second of all, I just would want to throw a jar of pee of him at a certain point. Yeah, all the time. Um, And then I wanted to do uh, a, a, a couple of would you rathers. Okay. Um, Inspired by this. And I, I wanted to ask you which universal monster you would prefer to date instead of the Invisible Man. Because okay. the Invisible Man, of yes. course, is the is, worst. Is one of the Invisible um, Universal Studios monsters. And... They've been trying to, like, for a long time, reboot them. And I think for a while they were trying to reboot them with, like, big, like, a Pirates of the Caribbean type of, like, huge monster movie with, like, Johnny Depp or whatever. And then this was sort of the first of the monster movies where they're like, we're going to go with Blumhouse, we're going to go horror. And it was a hit. And I thought it worked really well, especially with The Invisible Man. And so I believe Karen Kusama is directing a movie that seems to be the Frankenstein. Okay. um, uh, edition of this now universe, new Universal Monster film series. And I think that's supposed to be just set like in a regular neighborhood. And I don't know if they're kids or just people find out that somebody in their home is essentially trying to put together Oh my God. A human being. That sounds terrifying. Exactly. So I can't wait. We can't wait to see. Obviously, we'll cover it when it comes out. So I'm going to say, I'm going to list the Universal Monsters. Okay. Which one would you rather date instead of the Invisible Man? Okay. Frankenstein. The Wolfman, Dracula, the creature from the Black Lagoon, the Mummy, or Bride of Frankenstein. I like that there's so many options. Absolutely, I mean, not Black Lagoon because that just seems messy. Right, like, I feel Though, like it would always be a mess. You got to think about uh, in the shape of water. Oh, like fucking the fish man. Right, so it has been done. Yeah, it has been, done. but like the others are men and like and one woman. Like that, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be more. Um, Dracula, like, you know, he's very elegant, but, uh, I don't know that it's like that we would vibe. Yeah. Um, just from like what we like to do, though I do stay up late. So it's like hard to. That's true. Um, I think Wolfman would sat like satisfy both my want for a dog and a boyfriend. Love it. (laughs) Perfect. I like a hairy guy. So I feel like that's like a good. Uh, you know, he's probably pretty fit because he's out running around being a wolf sometimes. That's true. And it seems like I think you'd only have to deal with it like once a month. Like yeah, when you have like, your period. It's like the period of men. Exactly. <laughs> Monster men. I'm going to say the wolf man. I'm going to go. With Frankenstein is a close second because like I like a man in a sports coat and someone okay. who's taller than me. Um, I, I, I was going to say Frankenstein, you know, because I like to be choked and he's really into that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But yeah, Frankenstein seems the most like human, I suppose. Yeah. But it really depends on, like, what kind of Frankenstein. Like, are we going traditional, where he's, like, kind of sympathetic and can talk in the book? Or, right. you know, is he more of a just here to strangle? Right. And, and accidentally <laughs> kill people? And then for me, I don't know, the something about the mummy. Well, you'd never run out of toilet paper in, like, a oh, quarantine no. situation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also think he's just a human. And there's something about the human yeah. form. You look, he's a little older than me. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. You could be the younger woman. Um, Allison, we've arrived at the end in which I ask you to rate this movie on the spo- our spooky ca- scale, our trademark pending yes. spooky yes. scale. Spooky between, scale. On a scale of one to ten screams, Allison, how spooky did you find this film? A spooky scale. I think I want to give this eight screams. Great. Based on how you described it, because one, we discussed like not being believed is... Always terrifying. Absolutely. Um, two, we go so long before having any resolution. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot, like, even when it's, like, the brother and then she knows, like, it still takes us to the very end. Um, And three, because it sounds like the effects were not cheap and shitty. Mm -hmm. And if they were good, then that's, like, enhances the spookiness. Um, I'm going to give this five screams. All right. Um, Again, I just want to say that the spooky scale is purely how spooky did we feel it was. Not Not was it a good movie? Did we enjoy it? I thought it was a really great movie, and I enjoyed it a lot. I was not that spooked. And I think that is because I, much like my issue with ghosts, I know there is no invisible man. So yeah. there is a part of me is like, well, okay, but, you know what I right. mean? Versus, say, a serial killer, that kind of thing. Right. Called, right. I get that. So I would say five. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think people should spend $20 for it, honestly. Definitely watch Well this, worth maybe. it. Um, yeah, get together with your loved ones. Um and watch you it. Live with. I'm sorry, Allison. Um, you have loved ones. You just you can't see them yeah, right now. Yeah, I just now. can't see them right now. But you, and not because they're invisible, because I'm not allowed to go see them. Right, exactly. <laughs> as far as you know, your parents have not been rendered invisible. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you're staying safe. Stay home. Yeah, stay safe. Stay home. Watch movies. Listen to our podcast. And as always, keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.